Welcome to another episode of Base News Network. I am Punk Revolution now here with Sophie. Say hi, Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie, aka Joan of Arca. Aka Joan of Arca. And today we have a episode where we're going to be we're going to be talking about a few thingies about both related to to music and mas both I think are also related to misogyny. And technology. And, and technology. The internet. Various things and the internet. We have a theme today. We have a sort of a theme. The intersection of the intersection. music, misogyny, and technology. It sounds like a college course that no one takes, but... Um, it's a college course. Yeah. It's a base news college course. Well, I think what's interesting, so that just just to, for the listeners to know, the, the two news items we're talking about are one, Pitchfork being folded into GQ by Condé Nast. And then Taylor Swift's AI explicit images all over Twitter. That yes. Was, and you know, what's kind of interesting is that these two stories happened in the same week, and they're both pretty, like, explicitly stories about misogyny and music. And you're but wondering about Pitchfork and how how is Pitchfork... Um, becoming a part of GQ, considered misogyny. Well, I think Kyo has something interesting to say about that. Well, I was, I was, it's GQ stands for Gentleman, Gentleman's Quarterly. Yes. I think the thing that's interesting with the, the Pitchfork story is Condé Nast, when they bought Pitchfork back, I think in 2015, Condé Nast, which is like the media organization that owns GQ, Vogue... Vogue all sorts and of I think magazines. Vanity Fair probably a lot of magazines I think National Geographic as well um, they own like a lot of of magazines very trendy the, Bon Appetit yeah Bon Appetit yeah it's like it's like the superpower in like print media and I guess digital media now too but you know what I mean yes Vanity Fair the New Yorker so all sorts of things so Condé Nast bought Pitchfork back in 2015. And this was kind of a shocking thing because Pitchfork has always had this reputation. Pitchfork is like they, they're a music journalism outlet, has always had a reputation for being like indie and authentic and that kind of bumps up against the, the Condé Nast big corporation sort of vibe, I guess. And when Condé Nast bought pitchfork Condé Nast was pretty explicit with like yeah the reason we're buying pitchfork is because pitchfork is like an audience of like young men and we want to like incorporate that audience into the Condé Nast portfolio which is a really weird I think it's a really weird kind of shallow depressing way to think about media and journalism and i understand from a corporate perspective that's how you think about you know we, we want to get the, these audience this audience here so we can buy their data and sell it to advertisers etc but um yeah so so but the thing is is like over the past like 10 years i guess like even before conde nast bought pitchfork it was pretty clear that Pitchfork was moving in a direction where they were trying to not be like, oh, yeah, music is a hobby only for men. 
uh, by reviewing more artists who are women, just a, just a, just a more diverse kind of coverage, covering misogyny in music, covering feminism, covering just a, a lot more. And like e even in their staff, their staff moved from basically a bunch of white guys to a more diverse staffing. And I think this is a good thing. You know, like, I think this is a good mission. Yeah, I mean, I think women are already, I mean, obviously were before, still are kind of excluded from this um, community of, like, pretentious music nerds. Not to shade music nerds, because you're a music nerd, but I mean, like, the online community of music nerds is really, you know, male-dominated. And mm -hmm. I, I, I guess, like, as a woman, I know other women who are really into music, but... Um, I feel like when women talk about music, it's, it's more like received as like stand talk, you know what I mean? Like women aren't, like women can't seriously like care about music. They care more about like standing the artist and like, as like a celebrity or like revering them as like some sort of idol. And there's, there's, you know, Stand culture is definitely a thing, and, and women are involved in stand culture, but I don't know. I think, like, female music fans are kind of excluded from this, like, boys club of um, write your music and uh, uh, pitchfork, and um, it's still, like, a problem now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't well, know. What do you think, like, being, like, well, you are super, I mean, you still are super into music, but, you know, you were super into like radio music and you were um you know a music nerd as in high school and college like not saying you aren't now and now yeah, but like yeah. you know you know even yeah. you're like in in that community right well yeah so it definitely is still like a crowd well i i think this is kind of the thing that's a little sad is with conde nas saying we're gonna roll pitchfork into the gq structure conde nas said like their lanes are bumping into each other too much too much there's an overlap of audiences with pitchfork and gq so we're going to consolidate by rolling pitchfork into the gq structure which is just it's just a way of saying i mean I, there's so many different things wrong with it but the primary thing that sticks out is saying we're just gonna concede that yeah music is a hobby for for guys and that's that's just how it is. And instead of using this platform we have to, you know, continue trying to diversify our audiences by diversifying the type of content we publish on our website, we're just going to say, you know what, we don't we're just going to roll it into each other. And it's just it's really it's really disgusting and frustrating on on so many levels. The thing that's really bizarre, though, is like, while there might be some sort of like pretentious internet community that is like mostly made up of like teenage guys, there's no doubt that like music is equally appreciated by both men and women. So it really doesn't have to be that 100%. particular way. Yeah. And I mean, I think it extends to film too, for sure. Like yeah. there are, I think now, at least on Twitter, I see lots of, like, women, like, film nerd types. I would consider myself, like, 
kind of like that. I don't know. I'm not like in the community really, but I um I'm like really into movies. Um and so I see women more like visibly um doing that now online, but uh I feel like in the past and like that like like that film was sort of again like a boy's hobby, you know, being into film and and discussing it and analyzing it. And um you're right though like in that, you know, women men and women equally enjoy music and they also equally enjoy movies, but when you think of like women who are into movies, you think of like chick flicks and stuff like that and um it's not very fair. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucks. And I th I think the thing is like just taking like a hundred steps back, like regardless of what you think about, like, should Pitchfork try to appeal to more people? Should it just do its own thing? And if mostly guys are reading it, then that's how it is. Regard, you know, whatever you think, the thing that I think is just so insane about it is GQ is like the polar opposite of what Pitchfork was before Kanye Nast owned it. GQ, I think of as just a very... I don't think any journalists who are writing for GQ are really set out to change the world. I think that people who write for GQ are like, oh, this is like kind of a cool, interesting story that like men can like flip through in the magazine while they're waiting for... Uh, you know, their doctor's appointment, they could read about what watch a celebrity wore or something. Like, it's 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 extremely... GQ is a very casual magazine. While Pitchfork, 10 years ago, was, like, every single article or review, even though it's a freaking album review, like, there was just so much passion and creativity and, like, insanity in every review that, like, it was every single person had who who followed pitchfork had to read every single best new music review that came out it was like a whole epic phenomenon that was so like impassioned and i feel like trying to basically say well pitchfork and gq oh according to our analytics both are read by men um we're going to structurally consolidate whatever it's not only is it sending like a, a message of like, yeah, I mean, I think well, not only is it it's, it's it's a demonstration of just how like I know this is gonna sound very college student, but like how like patriarchal structures reinforce themselves, where like why is why is like the are these are these outlets that are primarily read for men, read by men. Maybe it's because like their target that's like that's who they're targeting. Like, why is that who that's who they're targeting? Because it's like it's like gee, it's what they're doing is saying like we're just gonna reinforce this like reinforce this like these gender they're they're just they're just reinforcing the gender roles for money. That's just that's like that's the not that's yes. the easy way of saying it. That's just and like what, the what yeah. they're what they're basically saying is that music criticism is for men, and that um in order to, you know, be a serious um, fan of music um, who thinks critically about it and, uh, you know, wants to 
read analysis and criticism, whatever. You, you're a man. That's like a man's thing. That's basically what it's saying. Yeah. And well, yeah, it's really well, upsetting. It is upsetting, but I have to say, though, there is this other element that's like worth thinking about, which is like they're doing this because Pitchfork is primarily read by men. Like still, like in 2024, Pitchfork is still the vast. Pro we don't know the statistics, but probably you know f just from looking around at the numbers I was seeing from like speculation of best, you know, the 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 lists of albums that their their readers vote on and stuff. Like probably like 75 percent of the people reading Pitchfork are men. So. You know, I think changing that 75% number... Oh, I guess, Sever, let me ask you. Why do you think most people reading Pitchfork were men? Well, it's already the expectation that, like, thinking critically about music is a man's uh, hobby. And I think, like... I don't know, like hearing that message, hearing that message at a young age is probably um, a factor in like um, pushing girls and women away from that interest. Not that we don't listen to music, because we certainly do and we do um, think about it critically. It's just that um, I think a lot of women are like turned off by the type of men who read Pitchfork. Does that make sense? Um, so okay. like, so that exactly kind of just goes back to like the whole like point we're making here, which is, so Sophie's saying that probably why you're seeing that like pitchfork readers is dominated by men is because of social factors that kind of push women away from it and boys more men towards it. And now by putting it under the GQ umbrella, you're just completely reinforced. Like you're, you're actually you're coming just, out explicitly just, saying exactly. It. You're just going out and explicitly saying, yeah, pitchfork is a man's you're literally incorporating pitchfork into a magazine. That's like main basis is that it's a man's magazine. Like that is for men. That's literally what GQ is. Um, so yeah. while it's readership was already like primarily men, you're just you're just like solidifying that by explicitly saying it, yeah, and endorsing the... it basically. Yeah, I don't know, and I I I feel like and this is like I feel like this is such like a, a like a I know we've said this already. It just feels like such like a like a critical theory class analysis sort of thing. People, I feel like you know, there's there's it's 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 rare that you see such explicit like you know, what, what do you say, like, intersection of capitalism and patriarchy coming together to reinforce each other. Like, you know, all those kind of, like, leftist theory kind of, like, language that's, we, you know, we've all, we all have read if if you took college. Um, <laughs> now, now it's, now it's actually happening in real life. Another t thing, too, is that the, the um, editor-in-chief of Pitchfork, Huja Patel, who is a woman, 
um, is being laid off as a part of this process. Like a bunch of Pitchfork Interesting. staff. Wasn't. So, so Pitchfork over the past, like I said, even before Condé Nast took Pitchfork over, Pitchfork has been, you know, moving in this direction of trying to diversify their staff, trying to diversify their, their output. And like, was Pitchfork perfect? No. Pitchfork has never been perfect. I'm not saying like they achieved the the leftist dream of, you know, re reviewing so much diverse stuff. They transformed the entire social consciousness or whatever. But a big part of this movie. Okay, so 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 just everyone so everyone's clear. As of right now, and this this stuff could always change. Pitchfork is is still going to exist as its own name, and as its own entity. It's not like they're completely deleting Pitchfork and then moving like a music section under GQ for now. Uh, it's like more of like an internal Condé Nast, internal corporate structure thing where they they basically fired a bunch of Pitchfork writers, including the editor-in-chief, Pooja Patel, and are just kind of moving all those staff to fall under GQ. So now if you write for P Pitchfork, you're, you're employed by Gentlemen's Quarterly. I work for Gentleman's Quarterly. <laughs> I am writing a piece about a hundred gags for Gentleman's Quarterly. I'm not even going to respond. No, no one moved at that. <laughs> so anyways, um, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, I feel bad about it. And you know it's when I, when this first okay so when this first happened my reaction was kind of like I don't care I actually thought it was kind of funny cuz for the past maybe like honestly 3 years 4 years I have like really stopped caring that like about Pitchfork like I said like 10 years ago every single album they gave at least an 8 out of 10 like I would listen to that and I would, if I didn't like it on first listen, I would re-listen to it because I was like, well, Pitchfork gave it a good score, so it must be good. So if I didn't like it on first listen, I got to re-listen. Mm -hmm. And then now, whenever they give, they could give an album 9 out of 10, and I wouldn't care. Um, And I've always, and I think with my YouTube channel, I've like critiqued, you know, Punk Revolution now. The Punk Revolution has critiqued Pitchfork for being corporate now and being less interesting and more corporates with their whole approach and so my first reaction was like okay this is just kind of funny because now this is like pitchfork going mask off like yeah yeah all that stuff we published in the past five years about misogyny and music and because if you can search you can go on pitchfork and search like their articles i'm not i'm not saying this they actually have published articles about underrepresentation of women in music and discrimination against women um in music and it's mm -hmm. like, you're, it's like the hypocrisy is crazy because th these are articles that have been published since pitch since Condé Nast has has purchased Pitchfork you know and I'm not saying the people who wrote those articles are hypocrites or the editors it's just it's just it, it, it's just kind of erodes trust you know obviously you shouldn't trust any of these big gigantic conglomerate corporations mm -hmm. but i don't know it's like everything it just feels like there's no 
there's no driver at the wheel. Yeah, it's it's depressing. I I guess like it's probably just time to like let Pitchfork die, you know? I think like, so. Let's move on to something better. Um, and no good things come out of Minnesota. So just kidding, because <laughs> Pitchfork's had originally headquartered in Minneapolis. Fun fact. Um, I was just shading my home state, but um, yeah, let's let Pitchfork die. Let's find. Let's find, let's make something better. I hope so. The thing is, is that like the Pitchfork audience, I feel like, the, I don't look, I don't even know who still reads Pitchfork anymore, you know? Um, and yes, even though the core Pitchfork audience going back to like seven, eight years ago were a bunch of pretentious white guys, we can all make fun of that audience but I was a part of that audience <laughs> and I felt like we, we had something kind of nice going on. We were the, we were the least bad group of pretentious <laughs> white guys on the internet. So now, so, and so, sorry. So this is, this is my story. So we're, yeah, so this is, so we're, we're, we're framing this story as if it's about feminism, but really it's about me. It's really just it's about a, him. Women are like, I don't care if Pitchfork gets con in a, you know, moved into GQ. And I'm like, it's bad because of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. I, I'm sure you have many fond memories with Pitchfork. And, I don't know a community. single... I don't know a single guy who... Re like, I feel like GQ is literally read by, like, Republicans. I don't think that's true, but... um. I think GQ is more read by the girlfriends of boyfriends who they for whom who have they have no swag. Well, it's like GQ always comes out with like a best gifts for men article every year for like Christmas and they probably have birthday articles too like just like once a year but it's usually just like right. or anniversary valentine's day they have all those lists and i do look at the list to know like okay should anyone anything what are these men like i i did look at the list yeah. i've looked at the list for you for before just to see if there's like anything good on there but there's nothing really good on there for for you um i feel like gq is like andrew tate for liberal men okay there there you are now you've got it like that's that's yeah. right that's like, right liberal guys who want to be alpha go on gq instead of yeah, watching Andrew Tate. exactly that's exactly right like so, i'm on I, I just went on gq right now and the, the huge front page article that's like takes up the entire page is six show-stopping new watches all serious watch guys will be talking about you know what this is? <laughs> this is literally an advertisement. This is Well, to be fair, it's not it's not much different from other like digital magazines these days. See, that's the thing is the reason why cuz I've also read that Pitchfork generates more clicks and more page views than GQ. I don't know if that's true. But if we if that is true and you're wondering why would they move it to GQ? if Pitchfork is doing perfectly fine as its own independent website, is because GQ is more profitable because not only do they get a bunch of clicks, but they also shamelessly publish advertisements. 
They make money off of advertisements and their articles are basically advertisements. So it's a doubly profitable thing. So basically what I'm trying to say is like, that's the polar opposite. Like Pitchfork has always been like, it could have been sustained on donations. I mean, they didn't need to because lots of people read it. But it's about, it's, it's, it's like the, op you know what I'm saying? It's like the, it's, 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 it's like, I don't know. I can't think of a prop. It's like, I, it's like if Stanley Kubrick started making only Marvel movies and just completely yeah. stopped, just never talked about all the good stuff he made. Well, that's a very yeah. pretentious, very pretentious white guy no, way of putting it. I don't think that's too pretentious, but um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's as. Um, you know, as we've been saying, like, society is crumbling. The institutions that we used to rely on and trust are failing us. And this is just another example of that. Well. Look. I, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm right. You, you might be. The state of media right now is awful. The state of media is awful. And journalism yeah. is dying. Not because I'm. A, by the way, I'm a journalist, Dan. I love journalism and media. Um, but Base News Network is journalism, basically. In in the way it is, in a way it is. But um, you know, uh, if you haven't seen, there are a lot of layoffs going on in the media industry, particularly in journalism, for all these. Um, you know, public digital publications. Um, you know, there's like a there's been a rise of like AI um, journalism that's been like awful. Um, there's this phenomenon of like AI that will write like fake obituaries for people that aren't even dead, or if they died, they'll just like explain someone's death in a way that's not accurate. Um, you know, like media the institution of journalism and media is like crumbling. Um, and I think it's very sad. And I think this is just another sliver of that. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird too. Cause yeah, there's, there's a bunch of other, like there's the sports illustrated. Um, I think there, I think sports illustrated might just be dying. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I think it might be shutting down or it basically effectively is shutting down. Um, tech crunch just laid off a ton of people. Um, there, I, I, there is, um, I can't, I think Conde Nast is literally striking right now or they were for a bit. So. Yeah. And this probably, I mean, I don't know in a sense, I feel like all of this is a little bit trivial. Um, like, or it sounds kind of trivial, like, okay, moving pitch, moving one piece of a corporation into another piece of a corporation or whatever. But I think at the same time, it's actually really not trivial. Like, I feel like what, I mean, if, if, if our entire society is is spending all of its time on the internet and consuming digital media is all we do nowadays, and the quality the quality of that is going downhill in ways that are hard to really quantify like it's 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 
you know, I, I can't do like a math equation to demonstrate why moving pitchfork into GQ is bad for society and why it's like misogynistic and stuff. Like you just kind of have to trust us. You just got to trust us. That's, that's not a good thing. And I'm not a doomer. I'm really not a doomer. I'm not here to like, I, I, we don't, I don't think we try to be all super negative. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I think Sophie was making a good point about how AI, artificial intelligence is, is kind of accelerating this kind of death spiral. But I kind of just want it all to... I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to AI kind of just destroying it all because I just don't like what's become <laughs> of it. And I'm just ready. I'm an accelerationist. I'm ready for AI to just, dis, just destroy it all. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I understand what you're saying. We've already been, like, so disillusioned with the state of journalism and media. Not not the journalists themselves, really, just the, um, the fact that, like, publications l literally have to kowtow to advertisers to survive, you know? Um, I feel like that that just, I mean, that's been going on forever, but the state of, like, digital ads and, like, native advertising in newspapers and in magazines, um, all of these, like, you know, fake articles, these ad sponsored articles, it's, it's just become, like, trash. We've kowtowed too much to the, like, advertisers. And I can't blame them because they, they need it to survive, but... Um, what I'm trying to say is that it was already just, like, going down the drain. Like, newspapers, news has been already flopping. No one trusts news. It was already flopping. And now AI... Um, not, that I do, not that I don't think that AI um, can't help writers write, because I think it can. But more so that, like, if you're relying completely on AI to write an article because you don't have someone who can get on that story for the day you come out with some like pretty shitty journalism um yeah. so well yeah that, that kind of goes back to the point where i was making is like maybe in some quantitative way you can demonstrate that ai will increase the amount of facts produced on the internet or you know articles and that might be true like it might increase productivity but there's something like almost beyond that that's like a like for the soul like the human soul needs to sit down and read a good maybe it's maybe maybe it's poorly written maybe it's written worse than ai would write it or something but like we need to read some some screeching insane person reviewing music for the soul like art art is for it's art for the soul i agree now Challenging you, Kayo. Do you feel the same way about AI art? No, you do not. What do you mean? Do I feel good about AI art? Well, you're very optimistic about AI art, and oh yeah. Well, this is this is this is part of my my accelerationist kind of feelings, where I feel like the state of art right now is bad, and maybe maybe it's maybe it's because of the state of digital media is bad. Maybe maybe Pitchfork becoming more profit seeking has affected the way musicians you make just want to watch you just want to watch the world burn i want to want look the, the point of yes the point of art well i don't know everyone has a different feeling for me like the purpose of art is to like feel something and i feel like the way things are currently structured right now is a lot of the art output of art doesn't make me feel anything so i feel like 
if artificial intelligence just kind of burns down the entire system, that's going to make me feel something. And that will be a work of art in itself. Ooh, so true. I feel like that's a good good transition. Wait, I just want to say one more thing real oh, quick. Well, okay. actually, this 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 is this connects to... We, we can use this as a transition. I was just going to say, I'm very much outside of the accelerationist stuff. Like, I think in terms of art and journalism, AI is going to destroy it in some way. But, you know, overall, though, I'm very much pro-artificial intelligence. Like, I think people who are anti-artificial intelligence are missing the bigger picture. Like, artificial intelligence is going to help us like cure cancer and it's going to help us solve climate change. I mean, it's going to not do all of that perfectly, but it's going to, it's, it's going to help. So I think that's good. I'm less of an, I'm less of an optimist, optimist about AI, but I'm not a complete hater of AI. And I, I do think that it is a useful tool and it's not going away. So we should learn how to use it. Well, I'm, I'm, a hundred i'm a okay i am a hundred okay i am a hundred thousand percent an ai optimist well this ness this next story does not make me an ai optimist so oh that's right that's not oh that's oh, not that's not oh okay, that's I'm not, not okay. Fine, <laughs> right, i take i take it back i'm 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 51 percent an ai optimist you own 51 percent of open ai's company just kidding um that was a gay joke. Okay, the anyway. fact, the fact, wait, wait, the fact that artificial, the fact that Grok, which is Elon Musk's artificial intelligence, did, is is woke. Did Grok fall off? Like, who, Grok fell off. Who's using Grok? Well, no one's using Grok anymore because Grok is woke, and the only people who <laughs> use the only people who use Grok were conservatives who were paying for the blue check mark on Twitter. But now that Grok is woke. Basically, that means no one's using Grok anymore. But the point is, the fact that Grok is woke in the first place. To me, is makes me optimistic about AI. All right, that's all. Well, yeah, I, I'm. Sh I have no doubt that AI will um, get better in its like accuracy. Like we know that AI tends to hallucinate and like make up information that's not true. Um, there's a lot of like biases in AI and especially like in its image generation and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of problems and I'm sure they will be flushed out quickly. So uh, that's not why I'm a pessimist about AI, but I mean, I'm, I'm already kind of cautious about it, but um, I don't know. I'm sure it'll help in some ways, but uh, you know, you know, transitioning into our next story about the Taylor Swift AI and nude photos. I'm, I'm very much like worried about it in, um, in terms of like, how it will affect real people, especially mm. women, um, because AI porn and like deep fake porn is is huge right now. And yeah. the 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 so yeah so the artificial images of Taylor Swift just for just just for context if you if you didn't see the news they they went viral on Twitter and not just like a little bit viral but literally like over a hundred thousand likes. On, on like fake Taylor Swift porn on Twitter. And there was a lot of it too. There was a lot of it. Yeah. It was very like horny, explicit, not like obscene. It was like yeah. obscene, like, was obscene, like showing her with like characters and it was gross. It was really gross. Yeah. So, so that went viral. Yeah. That went viral. 
not surprised about it going viral, but um, I think a lot of people, maybe people who weren't aware that AI porn could exist, you know, like the normies maybe didn't know. I now I sound now I sound creepy for knowing that AI porn was a thing, but like I'm very online, okay. So I I'm I'm reading about this stuff. I'm I'm following it. Well, I think and you can't of... avoid it. You can't really avoid it. Yeah. No. I, I think I think a lot of women know about it. That's true. Because they're scared of like the fact that some random guy they go to high school with can take a picture of their face off Facebook and then like make that. Yeah, so it's interesting you say that there was just a case in a New Jersey high school where um several girls girls' images were used in to make AI porn and was distributed among boys in that school in like a group chat. Um there was another instance, I think this was in the UK. I no, it was in France, I think. Um a girl was like uh, used in like fake nude photos. I'm not sure if it was an AI or f- I've read reports of AI. I've read reports of Photoshop. Anyway, like uh, she uh, died by suicide um, because of like that harassment and bullying from you know boys in her school and you know being used in these images like that. So I don't know. Like basically AI and um, I don't know. Like fabricating nude photos of real people um, has very real consequences for people. And um, it kind of just goes to show that, like, if you're a woman, you can't really avoid being pornified in in some ways. It's like there's no protections um, against that. And so everyone, like, online was like, a lot of women, a lot of Swifties were like, we got to make this illegal, like, fake, fake nudes, AI nudes of real people are immoral and should be illegal. And I agree, but it's extremely difficult to actually um, put that into practice because um, technically, um, and and I I learned this, that like um, the case with the um, high school girls, um, if they wanted to sue or, or, or take legal action or somehow you know, try to punish these boys like criminally, it would be difficult because technically it would not count as child pornography because they weren't engaged in sex acts. It's just like them as a nude and that's not technically considered that under law. Um, and there's there aren't any laws like widespread laws about... Um, AI porn and like uh, an AI porn of real people. And uh, there was actually like a bill that was vetoed um, that would protect um, people from like false images like that. Um, And that was because it was really broad because it could also like outlaw parody or like stuff on SNL um, or like like political cartoons, stuff like that. Um, So basically... In summary, like trying to like ban AI porn of real people um, might technically be a violation of free speech. As crazy as that sounds, <laughs> I don't know if I explained mm. this well, but um, basically the point is like as abhorrent as it is, it's 
it's going to prove difficult to actually like um regulate it regulate it yeah hmm yeah that's a difficult one uh it's really difficult see this is where when i you know my excel my pro accelerationist artificial intelligence kind of takes it's like where the rubber hits the road it's like ah oh, damn maybe maybe being an maybe, maybe an accelerationist perspective is not so good on it even though i like to believe in a few years we'll you know figure out the cure to cancer or something i don't know i think i'm sure ao will help in many ways but this is bad <laughs> mm. because before like like i want to say like I think it is normal. It is absolutely normal for like it, when you're a teenager to like fantasize about someone you know in like a sexual way. You're going through puberty, you know, like that's I think absolutely normal thing to do. But it gets murky and and it feels immoral when now with the touch of like a few buttons said teenager can, you know, take an image from some girl he likes on Facebook make deep fake porn or AI porn with it. Um, there's now technology where you can mimic voices and other things like that. So you can really make it realistic. Mm. Um, and then you're, you're putting that out there um, yeah. for yourself maybe, but you might even distribute it with your friends and you never know how far that could go. Yeah. Plus you're keeps... already putting someone's face into it. So that face, you know, stays in the system as far as I know. Um, and it's it like, you're actually externalizing your fantasies, which in turn actually have like real consequences on that person, as opposed to just like keeping it in your head. If that makes sense. Mm hmm. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's like, if it's one of those things that like, it, it's, um, it feels, it is, it is very unethical and creates all sorts of problems. Um, and the, like trying to figure out a solution to it, I mean that is, that's really hard. I guess maybe I just don't really know enough on on like how I. Well, actually, the such thing is a little bit scary. Is no one really fully understands, like you know how artificial intelligence really works. Um, so, you know, being able to to is like, do we have to just completely shut down artificial intelligence entirely to stop this from happening? Mm, do no. we need do we need people to just like if they generate it to not post it, you know? Uh... Um, well, I think there's a few things that can and should be done. These, um, I think it's interesting to, to note that uh, the software that was used to generate the images of Taylor Swift was um, Microsoft's AI image generator. Um, and like Microsoft put out a statement basically saying like, we're working on it. So, like, these platforms need to, like, better safeguard their um, tech and make it harder for, like, bad actors to bypass, like, their content moderation. Um, there's ways to do it by, like, using different languages, putting things in different order, like, words in different orders. Because, like, obviously they have um, systems in place to stop that kind of content from being created, but it's not um, fail-safe, you know? People mm -hmm. can and do bypass that. So for, they need to develop a more robust system to uh, prevent those kind of images from being created. And then second, platforms need to 
make a conscious decision to ban that kind of content and uh, ban the ban users who do it because um, uh, social media platforms like Twitter, Instagram reserve their right to create their own content moderation policies. They are not, um, they're not, they don't, they're not subject to like free speech laws because um, they're private, private uh, corporations. They're like private institutions. They're not government institutions. So if they can set whatever content rules they want, um, so banning someone for posting AI porn of like someone uh, is perfectly f legal for like a platform to do, and they should do that. I think so. They they so platforms like that need to create content moderation policies that um, target and punish users who post that kind of stuff. I guess so. Well, I yeah. don't know. My perspective on it, and I agree with everything you said. I just my concern is that yes, maybe we can get a bunch of like the big tech companies to to cut down, you know, stop this, which they probably they can and they should. But I, you know, I do think the technology is getting so good that like five years from now, any jackass can just start their own website where you can just plug in any name you want or upload any face you want. And it'll automatically generate. Those so I already think exist. Those already exist. So I think there needs to actually be like a law, like laws. Oh, I agree. I just think it's 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 diff it's going to be difficult. Well, okay. So, so well, we ha well, there's already laws in place against revenge porn. Yes. So I feel like this is kind of like falls into the same bucket. It does. Bit, it know? does. And there have been articles um, making comparisons uh, to that. Those laws. Um, I agree. It's a difficult road, but it should be taken. Um, I, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think this is, this is, so, this is such an interesting thing. Cause I, you and know, experts say that it will be difficult is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like expert, like legal experts, um, on, on like this, in this area say that it will be difficult to do. Yeah, I I don't care what experts say. <laughs> we, we we should just do it. You know, if, I mean, look, if we can Oh, I like, agree. I just think it it's going to it might take a while, which is scary, you know? It's going to it's well, it's probably going to take a while. Uh, well, I think it's going to start at the state level. Like there's probably going to be like California or New York that kind of does it first. Uh, a few states have started. I think California might be one of them. They have some yeah. laws. But um there's no like widespread policy yet hmm. and like you said ai is advancing so quickly and accelerating so quickly that um it's very difficult to just like i don't know like the the rules that you come up with or this the safeguards that you, you create um could be just destroyed in a week you know what i mean with it yeah well the development that are occurring true well i think there needs to be another element of this which is i think there needs to be a cultural change too where like for example like the Im like the images of taylor swift you know that were pornographic artificial intelligence like the people who post that post and like that post should be treated like scumbags you know 
Like, for example, like child pornography is illegal. And you can make the same arguments about how it's hard to regulate and this and that and free speech, blah, blah, blah. But we but we have we as a society have collectively agreed that that's just a, a hell no. That's that's got to be illegal. And even if it's hard to enforce, we're going to crack down on it. And then there's the additional layer where, if, you know, you post anything like that on Twitter. You're just everyone immediately recognizes that you're a scumbag. The Taylor Swift post. I, I'm actually you said you weren't surprised by how many likes it got. I am surprised. I'm not at all. I'm sad. Well, I think this is something, unfortunately, you understand if you're a woman. It's like, you're not surprised by this at all. I mean, and by the way, deep fake porn is not new. This is, this, these were more AI generated porn, but deep fake porn is not new. Um, it's extremely popular, actually. Um, I did know that already. Um, a lot of, uh, like influencers, YouTubers, like streamers, especially, I guess you can do the math, the kind of guys who watch female gamer streamers are the type of guys to make AI porn and deep fake porn. But anyway, like there have been like YouTubers and streamers, like female YouTubers and streamers who have talked about how they had to pay to get those images taken down and those videos taken down. Um, and how it haunts them and, and, and really fucks them up mentally. Um, so I've heard stories about that forever. Um, I know this happens to celebrities. I know that there are sites where people Photoshop celebrities in porn and in like nude images and stuff like that. So that's not new. Um, I'm seriously not surprised that um, men would find like these AI images of Taylor Swift appealing because it's... I think, like, unfortunately, a lot of men take pleasure in, like, violating women. And I hate to say it, but I I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. Not all men, but a lot of men do. Especially if yeah. you're on x.com <laughs> and True. you are willing to like explicit photos in general publicly on your Twitter account. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, it's. I think it's a good point because a lot of men who hate Taylor Swift. And look, I don't like Taylor Swift music. Uh and I don't I don't find her appealing whatsoever. Taylor any... Swift's woke let's humiliate her by like Well, like... yeah, well, well a lot of well I think a lot of guys just don't like Taylor Swift because she's a woman. And then find and then just being able to like humiliate her is like a weird like It's a pathetic thing. Like I feel like if if you like it's you only find that you only find that thrilling if you're a pathetic human being. Yeah, pathetic men like to humiliate women and look down on them, but they're also like aroused by it at the same time. It's really sick. So, if you liked that post, that's who you are. You're a pathetic human being. You like liking liking a post of Taylor Swift nude AI is basically openly saying. I'm pathetic because that's the only way yeah. you could have the human psychology that could find humiliating someone like that. And enjoyable. it's like, I don't think like likes equal endorsement all the time, but I got to be skeptical if you like liked that on Twitter. I'm sorry. Like, that's just weird. <laughs> so, True. yeah. Well, what, one thing I wanted to say, though, I think it's really interesting that these are two big stories in in music 
that are that are like misogynist like that have like a really important element of misogyny in it and i haven't seen anybody like make that connection like i've seen lots of articles about how pitchfork being rolled into gq is misogynist and obviously a lot of discussion about how the ai taylor swift stuff is misogynist but i haven't seen anyone say like damn it looks like the trend lines right now for music is going or art is going in a in a misogynist direction like it's a, it's a bigger yeah. story i think yeah technology is accelerating misogyny and yeah. mu music music just has to um just happens to be part of that story right now yeah 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 i i think that's right i think it's not even just about music i think the technology element is the bigger part of it good point um but that's why we're going to have a punk revolution and uh i don't know we're going to fix it somehow I hope so. Well, this was an interesting discussion. Depressing, but um, I mean, this is the news and this is, you know, what's going on. And uh, I think there are some parallels in a way. Get, so. the, get the story out, everybody. Everyone needs to know that if you liked that picture of Taylor Swift on Twitter, I'm going to go I'm going to go on Twitter, find that picture, scroll through the likes and everybody it's, has, it's been uh, deleted. They you literally can't. Did you know you can't search Taylor Swift AI? It, it it will say tweets not loading. You can't even search Taylor Swift right now. N no, they brought that back. Oh. But you can't search Taylor Swift AI anymore. So you can't even look. And they're probably all like mostly gone. But I'm sure they are they, exist somewhere on they the exist internet. Some, in some corners of the. Well, internet. that's a scary thing too. It never goes away. Especially well, if you're someone yeah. like Taylor Swift, but, um, well, yeah, yeah. and then I, 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 yeah, Elon Musk. Okay, all right. Well, I think that's the end of the episode. All right. Anyway. Well, yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, we're done. We're all right, done we're here. done. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Make sure to check out our Slatreon Patreon. Um, yeah, this has been an episode of Base News Network. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.